Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers. I usually have a co-host, but uh, Chris Bovey, but I'm flying solo today, which uh, I think is actually to your benefit, in my opinion. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we're at the Mental Health for All conference here, uh, hosted by the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association. We've been here all week interviewing uh, a series of guests related to presentations they've been doing on, on mental health. And uh, today we're continuing that conversation with Chantel Lester and Katrina Shaw from CMHA Calgary. Welcome to you both. Thanks for uh, Thank being you. on the Mind Vine podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. <laughs> so I'd like to start off just by maybe you could tell us a little bit about your presentation that you made uh, earlier this week. Take it away, Katrina. Sure. So what we did was at CMHA, we have a suicide bereavement program, and that is adult-specific. So it is all for survivors of suicide, someone who has lost someone to suicide. And as we kind of looked at the resources in the city in Calgary, there was not anything really provided for youth. So we decided as um, a program and an agency that it would be beneficial to create a youth focus group for uh, that age group to go through the grieving process in um, that took into consideration the developmental differences than adults. So what we have done for the summer is basically create a, uh, a whole program, a whole group, um, and we created a manual and backed it by theory and research and then that's what we chose to present on when we were here. And we basically gave um, the audience a sort of a mini manual and an outline of things to consider if they ever wanted to sort of also pick this up at a different different part of Canada and also kind of spread this initiative I guess. Yeah. Do you have anything to yeah. add? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and like Katrina said, it's it really does seem to be a gap when it comes to, to the clinical work um, and the literature. There, there are grief groups out there for youth, but this one is very unique. Um, just based on the fact that it's going to be for youth who have lost loved ones to suicide, which we know is a very can be a very different and more complicated grieving process, and for a lot of reasons. Hmm. So you mentioned that you conduct a lot of research in the kind of the, in developing your program. What does the research tell you that young people need when they're going through something like that? Young people definitely, what we know is they need, they need that support, they need that open space, that safe environment where they can explore all those things just like an adult would, right? All those, all those why questions around suicide. Why did this happen? Why did my loved one take their life? Um, what was going on for them? You know, and, and a place where they can really um, process all those intense emotions. Um, we know that adolescence is a time too that's um, very challenging, right? There, mm. it's, it's met with a lot of changes. Youth are kind of trying to figure out who they are, that sense of self. And um, I think as adults, it's really our responsibility to kind of guide them when they're in that stage um, of grieving. And um, unfortunately, I think as a society, we almost ignore grieving hmm. because it's painful, yeah. right? It kind of feels like, it feels better sometimes to just sweep it under the carpet and to uh, say things like, you know, let's just move forward. Um, but we know the really the only way to work 
work through it is, is to process it. So I think as adults, we need to kind of be that role model for youth and tell them that it's okay and you actually need to, to work through this. And I think one other thing is sort of the complexity of suicide. There's a lot of stigma around it, but there's also a lot of fear. And so I think parents are afraid to talk to youth about it because they're afraid it'll plant a seed or that it'll scare them in or that they'll have their own suicide ideation. And um, there's really this sort of avoidance of talking about it. And so if um, a youth has lost someone to suicide, often people believe I have to protect them. So like I need to kind of keep things secure. I need to avoid telling them that the truth when really the research that's out there right now is saying no they need to know like clear honest what happened easy language easy to process and they need to be given a space to ask questions mm -hmm. and to talk about like fears of death or future incidences happening those kinds of things i think in in the recent history of society we've kind of downplayed uh the kind of the emotional experience of youth in those situations, right? Like, I remember as a child when something like that would happen, uh, like suicide, you would get like zero information, right? Like, you know, oh, they're, you know, something, they're sick, or you would never get an explanation as, as to why. And I think we sometimes look at the what youth are going through, uh, maybe not, maybe not any longer, but certainly in, in, in when I was a kid. And you think, oh, they're flexible, they're young, you're, you're young, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. And we, we expect them just to overcome these things just because they're, they're youth and they don't have maybe that lived experience that, you know, that we do as adults. Do you, do you, would you find that in your, mm -hmm. when your research or when you were going through this program that we need to start valuing these youth experiences a bit more? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, and, and that kind of goes to, to what you're saying where... Um, there is kind of this mentality that, oh, youth—they're just going to bounce back. They're, yeah. they're resilient, and and yes, I, I believe all those all those things are true. But at the same, at the end of the day, they're they're human beings, right? And mm. and when they experience a loss, it's it significantly impacts them too. Um, and there's a lot of other factors, kind of like like we already said that that complicate the grieving process for them. You know, the fact that. Um, they're going through a lot of hormonal, physical changes. The fact that the, those frontal lobes aren't fully developed. Um, they don't have a ton of life experience to draw from. Um, so I think that really makes it essential for, for adults, professionals, um, support systems to really step up and um, just kind of open up that, that conversation. And, and where, where do you think they get a lot of their ideas about suicide? Media? Uh, yeah. Social media. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, there's lots of sort of criticisms I think now and about how suicide has become a bit glorified, right? And mm. they have to be more mindful of that. I think in reporting because youth get a attracted to the glorification of suicide, um, and it can quickly exasperate um, ideas of you know fame around doing something or you know this is a way to get noticed, um, and they might not actually be attached to the finality of suicide, right? They're more attached to the glorification of it and how this might help them get noticed. Mm -hmm. When you think of something like 13 Reasons Why, mm -hmm. and it, that was an interesting period because in case anybody hasn't seen it, it's a show on Netflix about uh, um, teen suicide and how she the, she commits suicide but leaves tapes uh, for people that she feels is responsible and the, the entire show is kind of um, everybody 
wondering what's going to be on their tape, so to speak. But it was an interesting time to be in mental health because you had school sending a letter saying, don't let your kids watch this. And you had other people saying, you know, oh, we should be talking, you know, at least we're talking about it, right? It's an opportunity to talk about it. And it's, it, I find when it comes to suicide and young people, we're not all on the same page, right? Like you look at the same, you look at that, you know, the 13 Reasons Why example, and you have people, even, you know, professionals in mental health on two different sides of that kind of, that argument. Would you agree? Or Yeah, I would yeah. totally agree. Um, and I actually did watch the series mm-hmm. right away because, and actually a client brought it to my attention. Um, and I believe after watching it, there are definitely pros and, pros and mm-hmm. cons to it. So I'm kind of on the fence with it. I think the real benefits of that show is it was a catalyst for opening up that di- that discussion, like you said, around yeah. not only suicide, but sexual assault, bullying, mm. mental health, mental illness in general. Um, that being said, I think there were lots of cons. As, yeah. as someone who works in the field, I myself found a lot of the scenes quite graphic and, and disur- disturbing. So I know that a youth... Um, who may be struggling would, would definitely likely find those mm. those scenes quite disturbing as well. Um, and kind of like you said, and, and Katrina as well, it really kind of, it's a dramatization, yeah. right? Um, and it kind of made it seem like, okay, these are the 13 reasons why I'm taking my life and this is a reasonable option. Mm. And it, it kind of made it seem like this is a reasonable option. Yeah. Um, from a bereavement perspective, I know I don't think it's helpful in the re- was helpful in the recovery process for those who watched it. I know for my clients especially, um, they said because you know Hannah's tapes almost said you know because of people's behaviors, things people done, people have done. These are the reasons I'm taking my life. Um, I know a lot of my clients said, "Wow, that really kind of fueled that guilt in mm-hmm. me even more. It yeah. kind of brought that to the forefront." So. And the show kind of presents it as she lives in death. Yeah. Right? And when yeah. it doesn't really capture the, the finality of, of death. So right? true. Yeah. So true. When, uh, just getting back to your, your program, uh, just given the complexities of youth mental health, suicide, bereavement, I'm wondering what kind of reaction you're getting from people as you're getting close to um, maybe rolling this out or having people adopt the program or is it are people welcoming it or what's the reaction been I think there's a couple of things like people are excited because there's not a lot of resources for youth um, and we've certainly had parents in our adult groups say like you know do you guys offer things for youth and that's kind of what sparked our idea of we need to fill this gap so certainly people are excited but I also think there is some I don't know if it's fear or hesitation, but there's, I think, concern about um, just the parental role for this. Like, you, you, I can imagine what it would be like to be a parent and see my child grieving and not really know how or what to do. And I think the grieving process is so foreign sometimes. It can be, you know, a youth having behaviors all of a sudden or being extremely angry. It's there's sort of this panic of something's wrong like my child is not in a good place and they're not grieving well and stuff whereas we would actually encourage that and be like that is healthy grieving right so it's more I think there's gonna have to be a lot of education as well and involving maybe doing a couple parent sessions just so that people don't feel in the dark and that everybody can start to be more on the same page Mm. do you agree Chantal? Yeah, Yeah, yeah 
So, if anybody wants to learn more about your uh, about your your initiative and any resources you have, where can they find you, or where should they go? Yeah, so um, they can definitely go to the the CMHA Calgary Calgary website. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we haven't advertised as of yet because our hope is actually to partner with the schools um, and we're hoping to launch this in the new year. Mm. So we really want to partner with the schools, get the schools on board. Um, Katrina and I feel, based just based on all of our research, that it would be really beneficial um, for, for schools to be involved as well So and to do it during school time so youth have that support um, after our group session as well. Not just from us, but maybe from school counsellors, teachers, people around them and something like this it, that buy-in is essential yeah. right like mm-hmm. you can have the best program in the world mm-hmm. and if you don't have the buy-in from the you know the organizations that house these kids exactly. it's going to be very difficult to to have the impact that you want I guess right definitely mm-hmm. definitely so that's why we kind of have to sort of put ourselves out there too you know we were hoping to maybe go to different classrooms um, kind of pitch the pitch the group to the youth maybe just have an open discussion like this about things like 13 reasons why um, mm. things they've seen in the media messages they've heard around death and suicide um, so they can kind of get to know us a little yeah. bit right because I think for youth they have to feel too like okay, these adults, they can tell when an adult isn't genuinely interested or doesn't genuinely care about them and their stories. Mm. So I think that um, there has to be that buy-in from the youth and then as well, whoever we're partnering with. I think when it comes, I almost, I empathize with young people today because I feel like they have, you know, they live in an era where there is information everywhere, but there's also misinformation everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the age of social media, I think it's really difficult for kids to to process certain things as they're, you know, as they're entering adulthood. So I think something like this sounds, sounds because I remember when things would happen in school and it's like, oh, well, they might have a, they might bring in a counselor to deal with the immediate in trauma or the incident. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that would might, that might be it, right? But yeah. something like this where, you know, a suicide impacts so many people, even, you know, and it could impact somebody that may not even have known that person. Right, yeah. but just being in that school environment, I think there's the potential there to have, uh, to you know, to really address an issue before it becomes a larger issue. So, yeah, sounds like a great program. Thank you very much. Mo- thank you both very much for uh, being on the podcast and enjoy the rest of your rest of your week. You thank well. you so, so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. you guys are great. Awesome. Yeah.